other people in the church. And um, it kind of all started about a year ago when we went to Alaska. And uh, we were leading worship at a conference there. And the, we were leading with their pastor from the church, Pastor Pisa, who said, like, oh, I love your music, I love your energy and stuff, but where's the joy? Like, where are your party songs? And he would do these party songs. And being part Hawaiian, part Samoan or something, his party songs were probably like, ooh, yeah, get it all going. And he had, instead of a fire tunnel, he had a fire conga line and got everyone dancing. And to be honest, I was a bit offended because I was like, okay, you know, I, I came home and I, I actually said out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I said, like, oh, I'm so glad that there are people like that. And I'm so glad that we don't have to be like that. <laughs> we can have our own vibe, and maybe it's a bit more gentle, or it's a bit... <laughs> but it kind of stuck in my mind, and it was something that I just started thinking about a little bit. And the thing that triggered in my brain was that I'm quite a, a joyful person by nature. I'm pretty, you know, happy-go-lucky, as, as, I don't know, just generally. But it occurred to me that... I'd lost some of my joy. Like, you know, a smile comes quite readily or whatever. But where, where is the joy just in day to day? And I, I, like it hadn't, nothing terrible had happened. I wasn't miserable. But I just realized maybe I wasn't living in fullness of joy. And so I started just asking God to, I don't know, lead me into that a little bit more. So just what I want to talk about over the next kind of, you know, few minutes is about that. So let's have the next one. Who knows that language tells us quite a lot about culture. For instance, the famous example, I love this picture of some Eskimos. They've got loads of words, as you may know, for snow, which we don't have. We've got a lot of words in our culture for rain. That shows that rain is pretty important to us. Downpour, drizzle, spitting, you know, whatever it is, cats and dogs. We've got a lot of words for that. The Bible shows us something about the culture of the kingdom of heaven. Let's have the next one. A lot of words for joy. Did you know in Hebrew there are 16 words for joy and in Greek in the New Testament there are eight different words and they all mean different things. It might be the crying one, it might mean mirth, which I thought was a good Thomas reference over there. They were into their mirthing. There's a gladness, there's rejoicing. All of them mean different things. That tells us that joy is really, really important in the culture of heaven. Let's have the next one. Did you know it's even a third of the kingdom? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's about being right with God, right with people, and full of joy. And joy is like, I've heard it described as the lubricant that brings the kingdom of heaven along. Like joy is what makes it happen. Okay, sometimes though, we are not necessarily feeling it. Oh, wait, there's one more. <laughs> next one is you will show me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore so whenever we're saying like on earth as it is in heaven we can sort of wonder like what that looks like well this tells us that the kingdom of heaven on earth as it is in heaven is pretty joyful because in his presence is fullness of joy like it's a manifestation of God on earth it should be something that's like reflected through the church and through his people if we're showing what God is like and if we want to introduce people to God 
And if we want to experience God for ourselves, never mind like the next step is reflecting it out to people, but really knowing God is really knowing joy. But, yeah, next one, sometimes we're not always feeling it. And this is kind of the next stage on the, the journey that I've had over the last year or so. This, I like was flicking through and came across this verse, and it just jumped out to me. Because at this point, I was still like, I don't know if we need this joyful sound so much. It said, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. And it suddenly occurred to me that whether I'm feeling it or not, it's a sacrifice that he really loves. You know, when David talks about, I won't bring the Lord a sacrifice, it doesn't cost me nothing. Doesn't. No, I won't bring him one that costs me nothing. I'll bring him one that costs me a lot. <laughs> I'll bring him a costly sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a better way. Yeah. And sometimes that's the sacrifice that he really, really loves. Whether I'm feeling it or not, it's like a, cho- a choice to step into joy and to sing as well. That's, it's not like just an inner joy necessarily. Joy has an outward expression. And part of that is singing praises to the Lord. Yeah. Next one. I thought this was an amazing picture of faith. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the Lord, in the God of my salvation. I thought that was amazing. What a strong statement. Yet I will rejoice, no matter what. And this has actually become very, like, truthful for me. I've, um, as you may know, I've got my own business and over the last two years it was amazing I had one booking after another as a freelancer that you don't take that as a given like that's amazing especially when you know the economy's in a bad state and stuff and you really don't take it for (laughs) you don't take it for granted that there's going to be work every day but for two years there was one booking after another amazing until this summer and suddenly just things dried up like I wasn't doing anything differently can't put my finger on why that happened but it was like you know the fig tree just didn't blossom for some reason that stuff got hard and so this is an amazing statement like yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation like regardless I don't care like my situation might have changed God hasn't changed he's the same he's still so good his purposes for us are still so amazing I won't give him a sacrifice that isn't costly to me, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I choose to make that. Okay, so that was that next step. I think I got kind of stuck at that step, though. It was almost like, okay, joy is a choice. I'm going to work really hard at it, (laughs) and I will be joyful. (laughs) And stopped there. That was like as far as the kind of renewing of my mind went, I guess, for a while. And then we were having this conversation at Worship Pink one week on a Wednesday, and um, we were saying, what is joy? And we got, we were going, you know, nicely down this. We watched the celebration video. We talked about things we celebrate and so on. And uh, the point we got to in the conversation was um, joy versus happiness. Like happiness is a feeling. It's based on something good happening to you. So it's pretty fickle. And joy is something different. 
so it's deeper and more meaningful and um, yeah, very serious. And then <laughs> we kind of went, actually, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. God doesn't divide it out here. And uh, what I want us to have a look at is this blessed, where God talks about us being blessed. And we've done the same thing with being blessed, that it's like, I'm blessed, very somber, very serious, and inner peace comes over me because I am blessed. But let's have a look at the next one. This is, this is kind of what we picture when we think of being blessed. Yeah, very zen-like, very inner peace. This is what it's perhaps more like. That is joy. <laughs> Josie's not feeling so joyful right now. <laughs> That's joy. <laughs> I looked it up in the uh, in the old uh, Bible dictionary online. Macarius. I don't know how you say that. Macarius. Macarius. Okay. Blessed or happy. Yes. Blessed means happy. Happy. Not inner peaceful. Innerly peaceful but happy, to be envied. In fact, like, the bit uh, that's amazing is this, like, Mac bit, which is the same where we get, like, macro from, like a normal shop, but huge. <laughs> like normal happiness, but huge. This is, <laughs> this is what <laughs> we are like. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you are hugely happy, big Mac happy, macro happy. It says supremely blessed, fortunate, well off, happy, happier still. That's, <laughs> that's what it's like. And sometimes we put that off to say like, oh, you know, in the future I will be blessed if I hunger and thirst for righteousness. Or, you know. But it, it's talking about when the kingdom comes. And the kingdom's already within reach. The kingdom's come. The kingdom's coming now. So it's not something, a happiness that we put off to a future time when things get better. It's like now you're supremely blessed. We are well off and massively happy. And uh, there is a kind of, I guess we ask ourselves sometimes whether it's a bit hypocritical, like if I'm not feeling really happy, you know, how am I supposed to cook that up? Well, it's like a choice to step into it. But then this is the amazing thing. Like we, we make the choice to rejoice. We remember him. Remember what he's done. We like make a choice for giving thanks for the things he's done, for celebrating the amazing things that he's done already. But here's the like divine amazingness of it. He comes and meets us at that point. You meet him who rejoices. It's like we choose to step into it, and he needs no other invitation to come and like tickle our funny bone. He just <laughs> sometimes it happens straight away, sometimes it doesn't. But he's coming to meet us in that place. We choose to rejoice, and he meets us there. And in his presence is fullness of joy. So that fullness of joy is available for us as soon as we step into that choice. In fact, our cup should overflow with joy. <laughs> you probably wouldn't want to actually drink that. <laughs> Well, that just makes me happy to think of that much espresso. <laughs> so that's that's where I got to up to about a couple of months ago, I guess. I was doing the yet will I be happy, and then I suddenly realised, oh, you know, he wants me to be happy, really, truly. He wants me to be full of joy, and um, I was on a kind of walk, and 
had these two weird phrases pop into my head. I heard him say to me, there is breakthrough in the joy and thanksgiving and celebration are the keys. And it took me a little while to sort of dig into that and think, what does that, what's that actually meaning to me? Uh, what am I supposed to do with that? And I think partly he wants us to be full of joy. He wants us to be really happy. It's for us to enjoy, but it's also to bring breakthrough. And he's positioning us for abundance and rapid growth. And this is the weapon or the tool that he's given us, joy. That's amazing to me that, like, you know, uh, the kind of weapons in politics that are used to bring down your opposition's work are like bringing out negative stories, it's tearing them down, it's whatever, discrediting them. God's weapons, the tools that he's given us to bring down the enemy's work and to bring breakthrough and to take territory is joy and celebration. Like, what kind of a warfare is that? It's amazing. They've got the giggles at the front. That's, a, that's all right. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> a rumble and a tumble. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> so <laughs> what I put here at the bottom was about stewarding his blessings. And this kind of occurred to me that how much of this stuff we are longing, longing, longing to see Oh, I skipped a stage. What part of this was that he said to me, what kind of things would make you completely full of joy? Like, what would it take for your joy to be full? And I started, like, listing things in my head. And I was like, oh, I just, you know, I want my business to prosper. I want all my extended family to know you. I want my friends to come to know you. I want our community to be changed. When we worship, I want to see your glory come. I want to see people get healed before we've said a word or laid hands on them. I want people to be driving past and just becoming Christians, just and like pulling in, like, wow, what? you know, I don't know why I'm here, but I've just got to meet God. And I want to see politics change. I want to see media change. I started doing this list in my mind. And he said to me, like, how many of those things have you already seen a measure of, but it was small, so you discredited it? And I was like, whoa, whoa part of the tool is that it gives the responsibility into our hands he started doing some amazing things and our job is just to be happy about it to celebrate really really celebrate the good things that he does because that's us stewarding his blessings and as we steward them we see the multiplication the breakthrough is in the joy the breakthrough for more is in the celebration so we started like just talking amongst our little group about what healings have we seen already. Woo, let's celebrate them. Let's make it big. Let's be the happiest people on earth when a common cold gets cured. Or like, you know, I had a scrape on my knee, but it recovered within a day. Woo, woo. <laughs> let's go wild over the stupid stuff. I would rather be on that end of the <laughs> spectrum of being naive and over-enthusiastic than being on the other end of the spectrum, hoping for nothing, you'll get nothing. Like, what you expect is what you're going to get. Like, I would rather be completely stupid about it, really. (laughs) I'm I'm willing to go that way, and I'll trust that God will, you know, guide me, make sure I don't go off the deep end completely. Maybe a little bit, because he likes to make us look a bit stupid, but... (laughs) So there's a picture of it on the next one in Isaiah 54, which 
I don't know, this is just one of those verses, one of those passages that, that follows you. Like, I don't know, at different stages of my life, different people have like prophesied it or it comes back to the church and again and again. Sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. You have not laboured with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And the next one. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. I think with God, sometimes he asks us to start celebrating first, because it changes, it like stretches the tent in our minds first. Then we can stretch the tent physically in preparation, and then he fills it. It kind of goes in that order. Like it's not like he just wants us to stretch the tent in our minds, be really happy about it, and celebrate it, and leave it at that. Like no, the rest is coming, but it can't happen until it's happened in our minds and in our expectations first. So I think singing, worship, praise is part of the celebration. There's some of the declarations that we make. And maybe we don't see it, we don't feel it yet. But it's stretching it in our minds so that we can see those breakthroughs. So we sing, like, I believe you're my healer, and celebrate it while we're still sick. It stretches it in our minds, it speaks it out, it becomes physical, and God fills the tent. So celebration in our worship isn't a luxury when we're feeling it. The measure we celebrate will be the measure we see breakthrough in. The measure we celebrate will be the measure we see breakthrough in. You build a big tent, he'll fill it. You build one of those little pop-up tents, that's what you'll get. I want one of those, like the one we had at Connect. <laughs> big top, maybe. <laughs> Joy is not just a feeling, it's very powerful. This is a little connection that kind of intrigues me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does he strengthen me? With joy. Hmm. That's kind of cool. I can't do this. It's not, you know, I can't heal the sick. I can't make more work come in. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> the joy of the Lord <laughs> sees me laughing at it, and he's like, all right then. <laughs> Like, that's just God's kind of logic. It's not ours. It doesn't make sense. And otherwise, that's, you know, the foolishness of the good news. It's really good. <laughs> and the <laughs> picture of it, <laughs> in case you were wondering, is Paul and Silas in veggie tails. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> God didn't open the prison doors and wait for them to sing about it. They started singing where they were. And it was so powerful that the prisons were rocked. There was an actual earthquake. The landscape was changed. The doors flew open. The prisoners were freed. There was salvation in the place, not just for the jailer, but his whole family. The whole family group, extended family, was transformed because of the rejoicing. Do you think they felt it in the prison? Probably not. God is so good. He's so good. He deserves our extravagant, abundant praise no matter what. <laughs> that would be really cool if I'd done that. 
and cleaned it up so well you haven't seen. <laughs> no, I got it off the internet. <laughs> God is so good that he's amazing already. We just enjoy that. We just receive the joy that he has to give us. It's like he's knocking at the door. We just throw it open the door and just enjoy him. He does the rest. It's the mighty weapon is just in there receiving his joy, just drinking it in. And just like a quick thing that, I don't know, was another kind of little stumbling block for me along the way, is that like with the let's just laugh at it statements, I thought some people are receivers and I'm not really one of those. I've never like fallen over in the spirit or, you know, I don't, I'm not very like, or anything. <laughs> I just quietly receive his love, and that's lovely. And, <laughs> and uh, I thought it used to really bug me as well. There was a phase when, for quite a while, we talked a lot about let's just drink in his love for us. Let's get a cup. Let's get a giant bowl. Let's get a bowl and drink it. And I was like, this is really stupid. <laughs> I don't feel anything. <laughs> but I'll just. You know, do it, whatever. Well, let's just laugh at that because whether I feel it or not, I'm receiving it by faith. Like, we're, we're called just to drink in his joy. And whether we feel that at the time or not, we can just say, yeah, I believe I'm receiving your joy. And it kind of follows on, like that whole same progression. That, you know, the joy sneaks up on us eventually. I've seen it happen. That, like, that joy that I felt like was missing... Gradually, I've been noticing it just creeping back into my days. Like, things just sort of tickle me. <laughs> I just, I'm just doing, I don't know, some cooking or something. And something just seems really funny. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just laughing and it's a bit stupid and I don't really know why. But I just notice it creeping in every day. I can look back. I sort of made a decision to um, do like a journal in the evenings and just to do like a thank you for something. Just thank you, like celebrate something that's happened every day and notice if there is something every day and sure enough there was like the more I celebrate it the more good things there are to celebrate I don't know if I just noticed them more whether they were there all along maybe I, I, I don't know but it works the joy is like goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life and kind of creeping up on me you know like tickle tickle <laughs> so the last slide let's make happiness a habit it starts with a choice. It becomes a habit until it's second nature. We can be the happiest people on earth. Whether our situations at that point line up with it or not, eventually they have to line up with it. Sometimes it's not hypocritical because although the, the truth of our circumstances says one thing, we disregard the temporary truth in favour of the eternal truth. It's not, saying, it's not denying the truth of the circumstances. It's just saying there's a better truth and I'm going to hold on to that and I'm going to celebrate it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Never have one of those. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's make happiness a habit. Yeah. 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 So when we praise, that's the thing I meant to say at the beginning. <laughs> Was that I just wanted to like come and talk to people about if you wonder like why we're doing fairly bizarre songs, you might see us 
jumping around a bit. It's a bit noisier perhaps than it was. Maybe there's a new song coming almost every week probably. Lots of songs you might not be familiar with. It's because we're trying to line ourselves up with this. And to be honest, we didn't know very many joyful songs when we started out. That wasn't our natural sound. So we've been gradually just trying to build those in, and that's where we're going. This is what we are pushing for. It's not conspiracy. (laughs) Well, maybe it is. (laughs) It might be God's conspiracy. It might be. That's where we're going, and we just wanted to say, come along for the ride, because it's really, really fun. It's really, really good. And that's it, really. Yeah. darling thank you i want to encourage you to get into some space how about putting some chairs away because now it's practical time (laughs) yeah now nothing like putting into practice what we've just talked about what was in the breakthrough what was that saying bryony The breakthrough's in the joy. Breakthrough's in the joy. And so as we just make a choice to get some space to come together and really...